Hello again. Um, one question that I get asked fairly regularly is, is it worth spending a lot of money on your camera gear? So is it worth buying expensive gear? Now, um, usually my first answer to that is, well, it really does depend on what you're doing. And um, I certainly stand by that. So what are the things to think about, first of all? Well, the first thing I would suggest is what kind of photography are you doing? And I think for most people, just doing general kind of photography, travel photography, uh, just home, family, events, that kind of thing, what your smartphone camera offers in many cases is enough for what you want to do. So I'm not an advocate of buying equipment for the sake of buying equipment. I'm I'm not sponsored by anybody, <laughs> so I'm not giving people reasons to go out and spend a, a lot of money on equipment that they may not get the value from. And that's what I'm really interested in, is making sure people get good value from uh, what they invest in and certainly any advice or suggestions that I give are coming from that place. So it's to, to make sure you get good value from what you have. So I would say, first of all, look at the photography you're doing and look at what you've already got. And in most cases, that will definitely be a smartphone. And smartphone cameras are very good. And if you're not really familiar with what your camera offers, then I do suggest that you spend a little bit of time just getting to know it, just to um, understand how to set things like depth of field, if you're able to do that, how to get your exposure correct, how to set focus, all of these basic things. And then look at what else the camera offers, because uh, these um, smartphone manufacturers have invested quite a lot in the camera side over recent years, and there's quite a lot of capability on um, on most cameras. So that would be my first suggestion. And if you find that your smartphone does a lot of what you want to do photographically, uh, the other thing I suggest is having a look at things like clip-on lenses, uh, these very small tripods that will hold the, the phone and allow you to do um, a kind of remote, remote stuff or longer exposure stuff, uh, again, depending on what the phone will offer. But um, do have a look at that. And one of the advantages, really two advantages, I think, of looking at that kind of uh, add-on equipment for your smartphone is, first of all, it's much, much cheaper than if you were to buy a full-on DSLR or mirrorless camera setup. And also, it's much smaller and lighter. So it's the kind of thing that you can have your camera kit in your pocket or in a, in a small pouch, uh, bum bag, something like that. And that's absolutely everything you need rather than the backpack that I carry around with me when I'm, um, you know, hiking or even bigger backpack I'd use when I was going whale watching. So that's definitely my first suggestion. Get to, first of all, be clear on what it is you want to do, what sort of photography you're doing, and then see how much of that you can do with what you already have. And the place to start is the smartphone. Now, the second place to go with this is what camera equipment do you already have whether it's uh, it might be you know, a compact camera it could be a DSLR could be an SLR uh, could be a mirrorless camera it could be very new stuff but have a look at that camera equipment that you have the body and the lenses and anything else you might have so lighting flash guns uh, remote controls tripods all these things that um, you know we can put together and have quite an impressive um, amount of equipment and what is that doing for you? Have you fully explored the potential of what you already have? So again, don't rush off and start buying things. 
before you really understand what you have. So that definitely is my second suggestion is to get very clear on the kit that you have and almost write a checklist of what do you need it to do? What are the things that it's good at doing that you enjoy doing on it? Because if you replace it, you're going to want to replace that capability with a similar or better capability. So it is important that you understand what it's doing well for you. And what are the things where it's it's falling short? So that might be a capability on the, or a function on the body. It might be um, the focal length of the lens. You might need a better focal length. What are the things? Where is it falling short? What are you? It's almost like writing, I suppose, a business case almost for um, or a justification for replacing the equipment. But I think it's an important thing to do because it gets you very clear on what specifications you need on your new equipment, whether it be at a body lens or something else. So do spend a bit of time uh, doing that, going through that process, and do make sure that you do understand what your current equipment can do. Because in some cases, people are just not familiar enough with their camera and the equipment. They begin to find out it's actually capable of doing more. They just hadn't invested the time initially to find out what it would do or try one thing and then go back and see what else the camera can do. So however you um, you want to get on top of the, the capabilities of your camera gear. So that's absolutely, I think, a very important step. If you have existing equipment, be very, very clear on what's working for you and what isn't. And then that gives you um, the, the checklist, the specification list. It doesn't have to be a long list, but the key things that you need on this new equipment you're going to buy because if you go off and buy a lot of new equipment and then you find it still has the same shortcomings as your existing equipment you know what's the point you've probably made the camera shop or wherever you bought it from quite happy because they've got a sale but you haven't really done anything to help yourself and you you certainly I would suggest have not got good value from that purchase so I would uh, definitely recommend that you spend a bit of time just getting very, very clear on what you need. And then maybe having a look at different manufacturers if you do need to buy new equipment and um, see who offers the best combination. So I suppose moving on to that, looking at new gear. So does it have to be expensive or not? Again, it depends on what you're going to do with it because you can get good value from some of the lower priced cameras, lenses, the rest. And one of the differences between the, let's say, the hobbyist equipment or the, the lower cost equipment and the more pro, semi-pro gear is, is often in the build quality. So a lot of the, the cheaper cameras are molded plastic. And when you start going up to the pro end, you tend to get a metal um, skeleton, at least, for the, the camera. And that means it can take a lot more punishment. So where are you going to use it? How are you going to travel with it? Is it always going to be fairly well padded, fairly well packed when you're moving around with it? You know, how important is it that the thing's got steel or titanium in it or whatever it is, or aluminium, uh, whatever it is that's making up the body and giving it that extra rigidity? Because that also adds to the weights. And this is where you can start to get gear that is very weighty. The same thing with the lenses. Now, I would always argue that the lens is the most important part of the camera, really for two reasons, or the camera system. So two reasons. One is 
that's where your image is coming through. So if you've got a lens that um, distorts the picture in any way or distorts around the edges of the frame, this kind of thing, it's going to ruin every shot. So there's there's absolutely no point in buying low-quality lenses. Having said that, uh, you don't have to spend money on pro lenses because um, a lot of these... It was certainly a lot of the original um, equipment manufacturer lenses are pretty good quality. Even the uh, the more sort of lower budget uh, lenses, they're good quality because uh, particularly cam- camera manufacturers who make professional equipment, they don't want to sort of tarnish the brand, if you like, lower the value of the brand by putting poor quality equipment out at the low end. So um, that's where I tend to go with the, the better known manufacturers. I've used Canon at the moment. I've used others. Um, so that really is personal choice. But I would go with a, a good quality brand because their equipment will tend to be um, good enough to maintain the image of that brand. If you can imagine somebody like Nikon suddenly putting out a really awful quality lens uh, that distorts pictures every time, you know, that that's they're not going to do that. They're going to make sure that the lenses that they... Um, they sell a good quality. And also some of the independent manufacturers, so companies like Sigma, um, and there are others out there, they also have some good quality lenses. So I, I'd suggest reading independent reviews. I quite often jump online and just see, um, try and get two or three reviews on a particular piece of kit to see if they're consistent and how the, these people found them. But if you're going to spend money anywhere on your system, it will be on the lenses. But again, do you need the pro quality lenses? Because often they have extra elements in them. They have glass elements. Uh, They might have a metal construction and all of this adds up to weight. So if you're only going to use your camera gear when you go on holiday, uh, when you're on vacation and it's going to be packed up in a little bag or or somewhere where it's it's safe, you know, it's not going to get... um, bashed around regularly i mean accidents happen and you 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 can't really buy for that but um if the day-to-day use is relatively gentle relatively protected then i would definitely definitely consider these lower priced camera uh lens and body combinations because they are lighter it makes them easier to carry around frankly and they're cheaper so you you only spend what you need to spend to get the performance that you you need, which takes us back to the earlier point. If you're looking at buying something low-end, then does it meet all of the criteria that you've identified uh, that you need for the style of photography that you are, are doing? So really important to do that first step of just really identifying what you need, and then that gives you a checklist. And, and uh, assuming this these low-end cameras and and lenses will do the job for you. The next step I would suggest is to identify maybe two or three options, possibly different manufacturers, although that will depend on other factors too that I'll come to. And if you can, uh, this is where I like to buy from camera shops because it means I can just get go down there and physically use the camera, physically hold it, see how it sets, see how I set the things I'm going to set most often. And if you can pick the camera up and just set things like your shutter speed, your aperture, uh, your mode, um, whatever else that you would do normally, if you can do it without having to refer to the handbook 
and the camera itself feels quite comfortable to use, then I would say they are two very important criteria to get right. Because if you find the camera is difficult to use or it's not comfortable to use, the chances are you're you're not going to be using it so much. It, It becomes an effort to use it. And Unless you are really, really dedicated to photography, if, if you're a more of a casual photographer, then what you're likely to end up doing is not using this gear and you'll probably end up back on your phone. So I, I do recommend that if you do have access to a good quality camera shop that keeps stock of um, different models, have a look at them, try them, maybe even take um, an SD card with you so you can just pop it in the camera and have a look at it, uh, look at the pictures um, afterwards, just to make sure there's no distortions around the edges, uh, that sort of thing. So definitely, I definitely recommend that because I, I don't replace my gear very often. And therefore, whatever I buy, I, I know I'm going to have it for quite a few years. So I really do need to be comfortable with it and enjoy using it. Otherwise, exactly that problem is going to happen where it won't get used. Okay, so the other thing about lenses, and um, this is where we start looking at camera systems. When you start out, do do all of the things I've suggested so far. So get your checklist together, um, get a short list of cameras that appear to meet your requirements, and have and then go and have a look at them, try them out. The next thing, the, the next thing to think about is that once you start buying a system, whether it's DSLR, mirrorless, SLR, whatever, uh, what I find tends to happen, and this is unusual in the, or this for me for me is a feature of the digital world, and I think it's true now of mirrorless more than DSLR because DSLR development has pretty much stopped. So what you can get now is probably at the peak of the development of DSLR camera technology, unless something very significant happens. So... Where the manufacturers are putting their efforts now is into developing mirrorless cameras. What that means is that the mirrorless camera body that you buy now, that you buy today, might be might perform significantly different to something that you were to buy three years from now or four years from now. Things don't change overnight, but if there are incremental and steady incremental improvements over time you'll begin to find that once a camera gets four or five years old, a body, that it may there may be features on the newer bodies that are really helpful to your style of photography and the kind of photography you do. So what's likely to happen is that you're likely to keep your lenses longer than you're likely to keep your body. And that's certainly been the, the case for me. Uh, and I still have lenses that I, we, I was using with my... Um, my Canon EOS 3 body, which is a film um, body, which I bought in 2004. And I I do still have the EOS 3 because occasionally I like to shoot film. But um, I've since then um, had three other digital bodies. I'm on my sort of third and fourth, I think it is now, digital bodies um, in that 20-year-ish period. So that's just something to bear in mind so by all means buy the best that you can afford because you you know it comes down to budgeting as well and it's about being adults which is hard sometimes but there you go Uh, and um, not going crazy but buy I always believe in buying the best that I can afford 
And um, it may mean that you, you also look at the used market. So if, and there's nothing wrong with used equipment. I, I used to buy quite a lot of used gear. And um, I would just make sure that you bought it from a, somewhere that's reputable. Again, if you can try it first, particularly if it's a lens. Um, if it's camera body, just run through the functions, make sure it all works. Um, again, take a card with you so that you've got a record of uh, what you've shot. And you can, if you have the opportunity, time to... Uh, go have a look at it on your what you're shooting on a computer on a bigger screen than you'll get on the back of the camera. Um, and if you can get some sort of a warranty as well, it doesn't have to be a long warranty, but maybe uh, a 90 day, something like that. So that you've got adequate time to really just try it out, try different sorts of photography and make sure that you're totally happy with um, how it's working. And that can save you a lot of money if you go down that, that used path. And of course, from a um, a green perspective we, we should be perhaps making better use of um, older gear and recycling it in some way um, to you know minimize the impact we're having uh, on the environment so that's just another I suppose a caveat for most people but it's kind of a nice a nice thing to do so um, having spoken about all of that where does that leave us so is it worth buying expensive camera gear well really only you can answer that it may well be that if what you're doing with your photographs which is another key aspect of this if what you're doing is well let's let's go the other way if what you're doing is using your photographs for social media you're you only need files that are a few megs big they're quite small and if you think of the resolution of most pc screens let's say that's how or even phone screens it's not that great. So, and in fact, if you're if you're looking for images that are going to be downloaded, really the smaller the better because then they're downloaded faster and people will wait for them. A lot of people, depending again, if they're on a website or something like that, if it's a very large file, a lot of people won't wait for it to download. If it doesn't download almost instantly, they're going to move on to something else. So, and you don't have the resolution on the screen unless you've got a setup where they can expand the picture up on their screen. There's really no point having a high resolution image on a, a laptop screen or um, a, a phone screen because the, the the screen itself doesn't have the resolution. Um, Instagram as well um, has a maximum resolution or rec- maximum rec- recommended resolution for images that go onto Instagram. And if they're above that, the software itself will compress the file, which might lead to some distortions. So you need to bear that in mind too, uh, that if you think you're doing a good thing by creating a really big file, uh, it may it may end up getting distorted in the way you hadn't thought about simply because of the, the software of the platform you're using. So if it's social media, small files, you don't need um, a big file. So any camera will do pretty much. It's only if you're shooting things like if you're doing astro for example where you need to do long exposures are you able to attach cable release to the camera um, or control it in some other way so these are the kind of things to think about but if it's um, social media anything will do it's just small files so you don't need you definitely don't need anything expensive for most uh, types of photography that you're likely to be doing Uh, in fact the phone would probably be adequate to be honest for for most people Um, what about something a bit bigger if you're creating photo albums where you do want to have a larger resolution on the image? Well, again, most cameras and cheaper cameras will 
give you a good resolution. As long as your lens isn't adding any distortion to the picture, then that's fine too. I think it only really comes to when you need high, either high quality prints um, or you're going to um, create a very big print, a very big image. So if you're doing, and by high quality print, I'm thinking magazine quality, if you, if you think about that. Uh, in the good old days of film, most of those magazine covers would have been shot using a medium format camera. It was a much bigger negative, which meant that the resolution on the image was a lot higher than you would get with a 35mm frame. And I've shot similar scenes with 35mm and medium format film. And just looking at the two images, it's easy to see the difference. So, um, And the reason that you've got that much higher quality from the medium uh, uh, format camera is that you've got the equivalent of far more dots per inch or higher density um, of pixels, if you like, looking at the digital world in the medium format uh, film than you do in the 35mm. So if that's what you're shooting for and you want the convenience of mirrorless or um, 35mm, then you definitely want to get the biggest resolution sensor you can get and shoot at the highest resolution image because most cameras will allow you to um, choose the file size, how um, high resolution you want your image to be because you don't always necessarily want to be shooting uh, the highest possible resolution and sometimes that actually gives you uh, performance issues on the camera. That's that's another another point. So that's something to think about and definitely if you're going to blow the image up, you really want to get a nice big high quality file because that gives you a very high quality image and that that to me is is really important if you're going to produce a big picture on the wall um i say that it's actually important up to a point because once you get beyond a certain size of print to actually take the whole thing in you start stepping back so there is actually um a peak resolution for uh printing um, sort of wall type prints it's a very large print but once you get beyond that point the, the image starts to get so big that you have to start stepping back to take it all in and then you can get away with a low, a low resolution so um, that's something to um, investigate if that's something that you're interested in but that would be the other occasion I would suggest when you do need the highest quality um, lens and um, the highest resolution sensor uh, those situations where you want to get a really high quality uh, final print. Okay, so um, does that answer the question? So do you need to buy very expensive gear? Probably not, unless you're doing a style of photography that has a requirement, a feature on the camera you need or a quality level from the lens that you can only get in the higher performing, the, the more expensive um um, models of camera and more expensive um, lenses uh, produced by manufacturers. Uh, but for most of us, well, I say us, but most people, because <laughs> I've got expensive gear, but for most people, honestly, do start with your smartphone and consider clip-on lenses and um, the other little additions you can get for your smartphone because it might actually transform your photography with your smartphone at a very low investment. I'm talking, you know, one two hundred dollars, something like that. Um, not not a, not a lot at all compared to 
a camera kit where you're you're probably getting into the thousands without getting you know pushing too hard it's quite easy to start getting into over a thousand dollars euros pounds whatever so hope that's helpful and um i'll speak to you again on the next podcast so bye for now just before i go i want to let you know that there's a couple of ways you can support me if you feel so inclined uh, with the podcast buzzsprout which is the um the platform i use for all of my podcasts they have a subscription model. So if you feel that you would like to subscribe, a few dollars, a few euros, whatever, um, to the podcast, that would be much appreciated. The other option is my Patreon membership. So if you'd like to become a patron, and that starts at the price of a cup of coffee every month, you'll get access to exclusive material, behind-the-scenes material, photography tips, all this kind of stuff, depending on which tier you're at. So there is information available through my website and um, also on the, uh, uh, the written text to go with this podcast. So if you choose either one, thank you so much in advance. And whether or not you do, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the podcast and let other people know about them. Thank you very much. Bye for now. 